Let me kind of give you a, a little bit of an overview of what we've been doing this summer. Uh, we're calling this kind of summer practices. And uh, we, back in January, we did this kind of this acronym for growth and the T in growth stands for trellis of practices. In other words, a, a trellis is like a framework for a vine or a plant to grow on. It kind of guides and directs the growth. And so the, the idea is that we would really benefit, each of us would benefit from a framework, from a trellis that would help us grow up towards God and out towards others. It's both of those. And, and so we are this summer with a trellis of practices. We're um, engaging in practices that will help us growing closer to God and reaching out to others. And these practices are just kind of what they are there, uh, what, the, what that word implies. This is something that we will do again and again and again. And as we practice those things, it allows us to encounter God and his goodness and the normal everyday rhythms of our life. It's not a practice that we do and, and then set it aside and go on with our day. It is something that we carry with us throughout the day. Um, we have a, a practice card for July. We had one in June where we practiced God's presence. There were practices that awakened us to um, just that God is here with us now. And by here, I mean wherever you are at any time, um, you can find God actively at work around you, and he wants you to engage with him. For July, uh, we have prayer practices. Last week, we got really honest. I loved uh, just the, the um just the frankness uh, that each of us shared where sometimes prayer is a little bit awkward and sometimes prayer can be a challenge and and maybe we've kind of what, what have we built it up to be and really what we are saying uh, just as a real simple definition and there would be a lot of great ways to define prayer but we are saying just for this month that prayer um, is, is simply all the ways that we commune with God and the key word there is commune it's not just communicating it's not like, okay, if we can just get the words right, then we're with God. It is just being in God's presence. And sometimes being in God's presence, just like it is with a good friend, sometimes that's done in silence. Um, and sometimes we do use words. And sometimes it's just the way, uh, just the posture of our body communicates those things. And so um, between a breath prayers, uh, saying the Lord's Prayer, morning uh, midday and evening, or kneeling morning and night, those are just a, a sample of of practices that are on the back of this card that are designed to help you grow in this um, communing relationship with God. Um, the practice that I have focused on uh, mostly for this month is the kneeling. And yesterday was leg day at the gym. And so kneeling was not something I was really looking forward to this morning. I was reminded of um, just some aches and pains. But even that was kind of a way to just begin my day this morning. Hey, God, I, I come to you, yeah, with some physical aches, but some other aches. And it was just a, a, it was a picture of submission. And maybe you've encountered some things like that. In the next uh, week or two, we'll give you some opportunities to talk more about how, um, how you're engaging with these practices and, and the experiences that you're having. Now, the image on this card, um, our one and only Kate Pepper, um, painted this and uh, gave us permission to make these copies and uh, I've joked but I think I'm serious I, we're gonna we have a different one for each month I'd like to take one from each month and get it in one of those one frame matted for three pictures I mean these are really beautiful um, and, uh, and so this this picture here 
is uh, this boy coming up from the bottom of the pool and he's about to break the surface and you can see the air bubble as he's exhaled just as he's nearing there. And um, we chose this picture for prayer uh, for a couple of reasons. One, sometimes um, if you're just enjoying swimming and, and you're coming up and just prayer can be just like that exhale, like, ah, this is a great day and this is beautiful. Sometimes life has us under a little bit longer than what we would prefer <laughs> and we break the surface and our prayers are more of a gasping for air. It's almost like, oh, Lord, help me. Um, and so as we think about this picture, um, I want us to remember that prayer is actually um, what we do in the most real parts of our day. Um, this is not something that maybe kind of worded a different way. We often think that our busy lives are reality and prayer is kind of an escape from that. But in, in God's world, it's, it's actually just the opposite. The, the most real and the most alive that we are is when we are in God's presence and when we are breathing these prayers and encountering him. And so like even this breath prayer is a it's a reminder to us that God is inviting us to always breathe. Uh, breath prayer is a way that we can breathe underwater, so to speak. When you feel overwhelmed in the middle of your day, a breath prayer can be um, really a, that lifeline for you and helping you. And so we're going to um, engage in a practice for a, for just a few moments together, and um, we. We introduced this last week. It's not brand new to some of you, but uh, it's based upon the breath prayer is just kind of centered on the rhythm of your breathing. So just seated in a comfortable position right now. Um, begin to pay attention to your inhales and exhales. Maybe, um, maybe as you're doing this and you relax a little bit, maybe you realized you were carrying a little bit of tension in your shoulders or your neck. Um, maybe you realize that by sitting up straight, you're able to open those airways a little bit more. And this isn't just some kind of a new age thing. We, we, this is rooted in scripture where God breathed life into Adam. He breathed the breath of life physically animating him, but also his soul. And so what we want to do is just paying attention to those inhales and those exhales. Um, this is how I would guide you with it. Is there a name or an attribute of God that is especially meaningful to you in this season? We just sang uh, some examples. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, my God. It could be father, prince of peace, friend. What's What's a name or characteristic of God that has been especially meaningful to you in this season? And that will be your word for on the inhale. And on the exhale, do you have a request, a desire? And keep this in mind. When you exhale, you're not just exhaling what's in your mouth. An exhale comes from deep within you. And so I want to challenge you to think, what is it deep within you? What is your request that you have for God? I just want you to let that, let yourself settle into that. What's your name for God? And what's your request?
Again, this is a prayer that you can take with you. You can pray this as you're exercising. As you go out on a hike, you can pray this on your way to work. You can pray this um, at the dinner table. Um, what I want to invite you to do now behind me and to my right are, is a table with some post-it notes, uh, some blue ones and some green ones. And I'd like for you to write uh, the name of God or that characteristic of God on the blue post-it note and then put it on this board behind me. And then on the green, just that one word or short phrase, what is your request? And I will say this, I, I would like to take time to read these, uh, these names of God and these requests that you have. So if it's super personal, I didn't want you to be thrown off by, oh, oh great, now you're going to read it in front of everybody. But I want to let you know that maybe it's the breath prayer that you were just praying. Um, but just as you feel ready, I want you to, it'll be a little chaos, but uh, go ahead and grab um, that post-it note on the blue one, a name for God, on the green one, your request. And as you walk up to do that, continue with that breath prayer, okay? All right, I'm going to read uh, some of these and beginning with names of God. Um, Father, light, truth, friend, king of kings, steadfast, healer, lover, savior, provider, and good and faithful heavenly father teacher, protector, good father, Lord, anchor, omnipotent, provider. And then your exhale, your request as you broke the surface. Reforming. Let us become more and more who you want us to be. Restore my mind to you to you, freedom, help, help our friend's marriage, bring a miracle, come near, courage, sleep, help me stay present, salvation, tranquility, guidance, health, family, Reveal more. Increase my faith. Save us. Healing. School. Protection and healing. Stabilize. And because God doesn't let our prayers fall to the ground unnoticed, <laughs> a job that glorifies you. Just how beautiful it is that, that God hears our prayers, um, that he allows us to know him personally, a God who allows us to relate to him, um, to express those names and characteristics that are meaningful to us. And he's a God who wants to know 
those desires of our heart? What are those requests? And what I want to do for just the next, um, just a few short minutes is read some passages of scripture that use the word prayer, but in the Hebrew and the Greek, um, it might all be translated as prayer, but they, they mean different things. And there's a whole bunch of different words in those original languages uh, for prayer. And I'm just going to look at four of the however many there might be. And the goal of this is not to geek out on some kind of a you know Hebrew word. Um, I am not a Hebrew scholar. I am grateful for some good resources and the internet, which never lies. And uh, but as I as I looked at these, it, it kind of reassured me that sometimes the ways that I feel compelled to pray, I'm not the, I'm not the first person or the only person that's done something like that. So. A couple, from the, a couple examples from the Old Testament and a couple examples from the New Testament, and hopefully you'll find this encouraging and, and freeing. Um, the first one is uh, the Hebrew word palel. Um, in biblical times, if you had some type of a cause or a need for justice, if you needed a decision to be made, the places that that was made were the gates to the city. Now, prominently, probably one reason that that was a prominent place is because there was a lot of space there. And the authority figures, the leaders of that city would gather at the gate and then the people who had these requests, this desire for some type of justice to be brought about, would approach these authorities at the gates of the city. And the word palel literally means to fall down to the ground in the presence of one in authority and it has behind it the, the, a pleading for a cause and so this word <clears throat> palel was one and when it was used among them they had a really vivid picture of someone going to someone in authority saying you are in charge here can you bring about justice when we pray we are going to the one who is the authority and we are saying we desire for justice to be done and it's a beautiful reminder to us that prayer and action go hand in hand this is not just praying for justice and saying okay God you do it but it was they were going to an authority saying what can we do about this um, in Psalm 106 verse 30 it's um, there is a, a plague something um, physically threatening, life-threatening, that's about to take place. And a man by the name of Phineas, we read this in Psalm 106, Phineas stood up and intervened, and the plague was checked. Uh, Phineas stood up and palel. He fell before the authority of God and pleaded the case of his people. And God heard his prayer. In 1 Samuel 12, 23, Samuel says this, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to palel for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. So we kind of see he has this desire for justice and for what is right in the people's lives. He feels within him this desire to be an advocate, 
to go before God, the one who is in authority, and say, I want justice to be done for these people. Palel. The second word is uh, sheel. And this word means uh, to draw out or to seek advice. Um, I thought about this word for those of you that were praying for guidance. Um, again, Sheel to draw out, touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. So after learning this, this meaning, for me, it was almost like a picture of a wordless prayer. Um, I envision this lady's action as she is just reaching out and touching the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Power that was drawn out. This lady had the faith to reach out and touch the hem of his garment, praying for the power of God to be drawn out and to bring her healing. Um, in the New Testament, um, there's a word for prayer called deomai, and it just simply means to beg, to beg. Depending on how desperate you are <laughs> and maybe how much of your own pride that you might have to swallow, I think this is a prayer that, that we could utter more than what we do. Um, it means just what it says, to ask with a sense of urgency. Um, oftentimes in the New Testament, it is translated as beg. In the Gospel of Luke, um, Luke uses it more than any other author. And what I find kind of interesting in this is Luke wrote and included the outcasts of society more than any other of the Gospel writers. Luke knew what it was like to kind of be on the outside looking in. And he was very sensitive to those that lived that kind of a life. And let me read some of these instances where deomai, beg, um, is used. And I think you'll pick up right away on the sense of urgency. Um, chapter 5, verse 12 of Luke. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. A um, couple of chapters later, when he saw Jesus, and the he here is a naked, demon-possessed man. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I beg you, don't torture me. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you, to look at my son who is suffering from seizures and convulsions and screaming. You can sense the urgency here. I, Deomai, I beg you to look at my son for he is my only child. And Jesus himself uses this word um, as he describes um, his interceding and his begging. Um, he's talking to Simon. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you is wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon. I have begged for you that your faith may not fail. Can you just let that sink in, the thought of Jesus begging for your faith not to fail? Whatever it is that you are going through, Jesus is not above begging for your faith not to fail. 
And then this is how serious God is, uh, Jesus is about this mission that we're on. In Luke 10, verse 12, and he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Deome, the Lord of the harvest. Beg the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into this harvest field. That's how intense God is about us being his hands and feet and and I knew they weren't going to stick for very long. So that's why you have to keep praying these breath prayers. That's, that's what it is. And then the last one that I want to mention is uh, prosukamai, which makes me think of um, prosciutto, and that is not going to help you at all in remembering what this word means. But it, it is the most common, commonly used word for prayer in the New Testament. And it kind of has two key words um, in it. It breaks down the first one, pros, is this idea of being really close and face-to-face. -face. It's like an actual contact encounter. And then the UK is that wish or desire. And I think this is the picture of what these breath prayers are. A face-to-face, -face, a close encounter with God. How have you encountered God in a meaningful way recently? And then what is the desire of your heart that you can voice to him? And perhaps the most well-known use of this word for pray is the one that Jesus used in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he begins by saying, Father. And then from there, this is what is exhaled in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Help us to forgive the sins of others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Father, forgive us. We see um, an example of this in, in, in one of the more common forms of prayer. And I love this. When you feel like you are at a total loss for words, when you don't know what to pray, when no particular name or quality of God comes to mind, if you don't know how to put into words what that request, that deep desire is, Romans 8.26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we should pray, prosukamai. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressed groanings. Even when we can't put into words how we feel about God and what that desire is, we can open up ourselves for his Spirit to pray through us. Um, I'm not going to have you come up at this time, but there's another table up here that has prayer requests. Uh, they're the cards that um, we would put in the back of the chairs when we're meeting in the auditorium. And I would uh, say if there's a, uh, a point either during the communion time coming up or even after the service where you would like to fill that out, uh, we want to join you in prayer. Um, we gather those up and unless you write on there that it is confidential, uh, this will be distributed among um, a group of uh, prayer team members in our church and we want to stand with you. Um, maybe you have a prayer of Palel. 
Maybe you want to offer a prayer for justice. Maybe you have a prayer for Shael, and that is that what is it that you need, that you are praying that you can draw out from God? Is there a prayer that is really just an urgent begging, falling on your knees, crying out? Is your prayer coming from the closeness that you have with God and a desire for some need continued to be unmet?